That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed here alongside my co-host Bolt. Bolt, good morning, how are you? I'm not too bad. Actually, I'm shocking. <laughs> and you? He's gone from I'm not too bad to I'm absolutely shocking. No, I am. I'm in a really foul mood. Absolutely just a disgrace what we had to sit through at Marvel Stadium on Friday night. An absolute disgrace about how bad, how backwards, how much a team can you know digress in such a short period of time not even digress just you know there's been they've just they haven't evolved they haven't you know they haven't you know gone forward in any sense of the word nothing's been improved on since round three 2022 and you know the wheels are falling off and it might sound a bit drastic but if you take out the training session from last week in Perth the last five weeks has been nothing short of a I've just woeful and you know it all came unstuck and the scoreboard was still flattering last night but god there's some issues at Carlton well we'll get into I guess all of that we'll we'll review the game first and then we'll get into I guess you know what it means but if you look at the game in isolation uh, last night Bolt just wanted to get your thoughts on what went wrong I mean obviously a lot went wrong but you know in essence, what went wrong? Well, oh yeah, well, as you said, a lot went wrong. And But this is just, what went wrong is in, it's a culmination of a lot of things that have been happening. As in, is it an overrated, you know, list as a whole? There's a lot of players who have had free rides in this team and we've always spoken about the notion of playing without the fear of being dropped, playing with no consequence. And one of those, you know, had his time. Zach Fisher was finally dropped. But there's a lot of guys that are just going through the motions. And, you know, I've always been one to go at the players first. Because I always think, you know, the players are the ones, you know, primarily getting results. They're the ones fighting for you. But, you know, and it's very... And you can come at me all you want. And there's, a, you know, there's always going to be questions of instability at a football club. Or, you know, how many coaches can you burn through before you get it right. But... What's happening upstairs and how easy it is to play against the Carlton Football Club right now is so disturbing, it makes me actually like uncomfortable about how easy it is for teams to play against us. And they don't even have to go full pelt against us. You just know what you got to do to beat us. You know, if you shut the corridor, don't give us run, our foot skills are so shit that they're not going to be able to counter any half-decent setup against us where, you know, the middle is barred off. St Kilda did it. Adelaide did it. And, um, 
Brisbane did it. It's just a nightmare. So what's even, happening even, upstairs? Even GWS did yeah, it. Yeah, for extent. sure. And what's happening up? What's happening up? In North Melbourne did it really well for the first half as well. That we'll down at halftime against North. What's happening upstairs in the coach's box is frightening. It's frightening. And it's all well and good to say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the coach. It's always the coach. And it's, you know, the coaches gone by haven't really had the ammo to fire with. And, I, and I'm not defending guys like Bolton and Teague because I don't think they were very good tactically either. But this is disturbing because this is absolutely getting pummeled in the coach's box every week. And there's just no resistance. There's no change. There's no evolution um, to the way Carlton play. And, you know, it's sometimes the best decision to make is admitting you made the wrong one. And I'm not sure if Carlton's going to be ballsy enough to you know, come full admission that they've made a wrong decision before it gets out of control. Because this is looking like an absolute, you know, this is just looking crazy at the moment, what's happening. And, you know, Michael Voss, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He speaks absolute horseshit. He really does. And he's and he's been coaching like horseshit all season. Well, you're referring to his presser. He's press, he was happy with the effort, apparently. Mm. He said, good teams give us feedback and we got our feedback. But he said he was happy with the effort. He said it kept us in the game. Come on, Michael. We were never in that game. We were never in that game. The scoreboard was as flattering as you can get. You know, even the first quarter, we kicked five goals and it looked like an absolute mess behind the ball. You know, our defenders got absolutely killed. You know, the forward line... You know, we didn't. We kicked one goal in the second and third quarter. The forwards, you know, ahead of the footy when we were streaming out of the back line, it reminded me of like 2016, 17 Brendan Bolton days. It was, it's just disturbing what's happening. And the players, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of players here that we'll touch on here. But if we speak about where the club's at and where Michael Voss is at, they're not in a very good spot right now. And I'm going to put the heat on. He's coaching for his life the next three months here because... We were promised finals. We've got it in writing at the end of 2021. We declared that finals was upon us in 2022. That didn't happen. But I think, you know, level-headed supporters could understand and see that there was complete growth in 2022. We fell away at the end, but we won 12 games, four more than the previous season. We're not going to improve that win-loss ratio at this rate this year. We're going to digress. And we've got no time for aggression right now. We've got no time for that. So, you know, we'll promise the world and we've been given absolute shit. Yeah, well, it's an interesting predicament and we're in a very um, interesting spot, it's fair to say. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't really... At this point in time, the way it all looks, I can't argue with a whole lot of what you said, but um, just a question for you in regards to last night's performance. Did you feel as if, you know, it was... That we lost because for me, I looked at that game and it was very similar to St Kilda in that we just struggled to exit our defensive half. We had no setup ahead of the ball. Did you feel it was just the same sort of loss as the St Kilda game? Was there that feeling and just the way that it unfolded? There were there were serious similarities. Thereabouts, but the back line didn't hold up as well as they did against St Kilda defensively. You know how many times they ran into an open goal? How many? How, you know the the errors coming out of the back line. You know at, at least against St Kilda, the errors were kind of happening 
a bit further up the ground because we would exit pretty, you know, we just hold on to the ball across half back as we saw in the heat maps after that game. We just hold on to the ball and we'd advance without real potential to score. This was just, you know, as soon as they pressured, as soon as the corridor was shut and they pressured us coming out, we'd just be forced into some of the most wild turnovers. And that's, and that was, you know, everyone that was, you know, it, it, that didn't discriminate whether you're Jacob Wiedering or whether you're Adam Saad or whether you're bloody Alex Chincotta. I don't care if it's top or bottom on the list. It was just a disgrace. Mm. It's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough one to analyze. It really is. Um, well, you know, we've got a tough month coming up in terms of the fixture. How do you see this next month unfolding and how does last night impact that? Well, I'll, it's not necessarily that I expected to win last night, but don't don't play like that. And the next month is going to be very tricky. You know, Western Bulldogs, Collingwood, Sydney, and Sydney, Melbourne is a is a is a horror month. And as we sit here right now, you know, I was hoping for the next six weeks before last night to break even at three and three with Essendon as that sixth game. As in, it's, you know, it's going to be tough to find wins and it's going to be tough to stay afloat. You know, the season's going to hang for a little bit here. Mm. If we lose to the Dogs, where do we go from there? Well, we'll have to see. We're in, next week, we'll bring a new week. It's just, it's tough. It's really tough. They're in a, they're in a spot of bother. As in, and the wins against, the Western, uh, against Western Sydney and um, North Melbourne were just... We barely got through those wins. And so they've hidden a lot of flaws early on in the season at Carlton. Is there any coming back from here for because from what the, the way you're speaking at the moment? Well, the question I have is: there, is there any coming back from here for Michael yeah. Voss? Oh yeah, well there is. There always is. Because what do we need to see? He's going to see out the season. Well, we need to see wins on the board. We need to see a more proactive game plan. We need to see a bit of resistance from upstairs. Like we need to be able to answer what the opposition brings to us. And we can't. We just conform. We just So there's think, no improvising. Well it's not even that yeah, it's not even that. It's is just like a, is there a plan B? It, it's not even a plan B. It's like there's no plan A because the plan A is so obvious to the opposition that that's not even on the cards at the moment. As in what we're doing is never going to work right now because everyone knows what we're doing. Do you feel that if our skills were better and yep. our kicking specifically was better and our decision-making and our use of the football, do you feel if all of that was better that we'd be able to execute what we're trying to do? Potentially, probably. Because in- I think Michael Voss... You know, it's and and it is easy to blame the coach. And I'm not blaming every, the no, coach no, no, solely. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying if you look historically at when clubs perform poorly, the coach always gets blamed, and it is easy to blame the coach right now because of what we're watching and the fact that it doesn't appear that we are improving, and it doesn't appear that we have much uh, of a structure in terms of going forward with the ball, and it doesn't appear that we've really improved our game plan or evolved as you said and yes it is easy to blame the coach for all of that but I mean at what point do we look at the actual players and go well you know there's not much he can do up there when they're just turning it over so poorly well the players are always be gonna are always gonna be under the spotlight when I'm talking because you know 
no one gets a free ride here. And yeah, the the, the players is in the skill level is absurd. That the kicking is it's it's fucked. It who is do you so feels, bad. Who do you feel is being let down more? The players by the coach or the coach by the players? I actually think the players by the coach. You think they're being let down more? Uh, well, I, they're not. They're both not helping each other. But I, I really do feel like there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of just. It feels like no one's on the same wavelength at the moment. You know, you got people like Adam Saad. He's playing a different game to the rest of his teammates right now. As in, in do you want to elaborate on that? Well, it's like. We need to go quick as a team. When you've got premium forwards like that, speed, you know, and I've always said the whole of last year, if the game's quick, we're more than likely going to win the game. And he's playing on a different wavelength to these guys, you know, in the mindset of let's go quick. But it's like the corridor's not there to be used, which is, you know, a ploy from opposition teams against us, which we can't thwart. But then, you know... Everyone's kind of on this methodical, you know, pinpoint precise system that isn't going to work because we don't have the skill set for it. And we're just getting shafted coming out every time. So essentially, the coach is setting up a plan which which our players aren't essentially good enough to execute and he's not coming up with any other options. What is, is that what you're suggesting? He's setting up a plan that is not good enough to execute because of the um because of the an opposition coach's ease to thwart it, right? So then to rebut that, we don't have the skill set to, you know, adapt around that because because you know to to exit to exit D50 in such a precise manner requires elite skills. And we just don't have that. No. It's distressing. You know, you look at the way Adam Saad, you know, Adam Saad had one of the worst third quarters I've ever seen. And I don't say that lightly. Three times in a row. It was crazy shit coming out. There was a there was a direct turnover. There was an out on the full and there was a ball that nearly hit the roof, which only went about 25 meters. But that's he's, he's just holding on to the ball. He's trying to find run. He's trying to get the game going. And you compare that to... There was a moment where Alex Chincotta had the ball in the... Um, when was it? In the first quarter of the game. You know, he got the ball. We had outside, you know, runners. We had wingers on the fat side. And it was just like... Rather than, you know, going a bit quicker, it was just this methodical, you know, system we have going for us where it was like... He almost went backwards to try and open up the game for us a little bit more, but, you know, they don't run hard enough to spread and actually get speed into their own game. Because the opposition know if you flood numbers behind the ball and if you've got numbers through the middle, they know what's going to happen. They know where we're kicking to forward of the ball. There's only two potential options. And the slower we do it, the easier it is to read. It's just, it's crazy. So, essentially, because I'm just trying to understand, I mean... You're suggesting that, because this is a really important um, conversation to have if we're speaking about the coach at round eight, is, so you're suggesting that the game plan that he's putting forward, it's, will it even work if they can execute it the way he wants them to? So then it is a case of the players being let down by the coach. they are. 
Yeah. Because the because the plan that we're trying to execute has already been worked out. You've almost got to burn those books. Mm. Yeah, it's that's it's it's very difficult. It's very very difficult. Um before we get into player analysis is you are you happy with where with where this is at with what we've just discussed? Yeah. That's where I'm Anything at. Anything more it. to add? No. All right. And he's got you know 15 weeks to save himself, but I fear if we finish 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, I can't see a way forward with this. And it's ruthless, but the best decisions are admitting you made the wrong ones. Don't listen to the external noise. Don't try and please the external forces. And, you know, we're going to be dubbed an an unstable club. We're going to be dubbed a mess. Worry about pleasing those internally. And that's all results driven. What is... uh so Brian Cook and Luke Sayers are yep. sitting down this morning. Yep. What are they speaking about? Got no idea. What do you what do you think they'd be speaking about? Well, they'd be concerned. They'd be do concerned. You, do, what do you I uh, feel like they're so blinded they'd look at the win loss and go four, one and three. What do you what do you No, I don't agree with that. What do you predict that they'd be planning? What what would their mindset be at right now? Would they be Sitting there, going, would they, would they would they be as concerned as you are? Do you think? No. You don't reckon? No. Because this appointment's on them. Because they go down with it. They're well, going to back it in. Yeah, it's a difficult one because, unfortunately for Luke do you, Sayers, do you think that they? Sorry, do you think that they put? What do you think that they? prioritize here <laughs> the club or themselves because in 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 essence if they think that they have got it wrong are you suggesting that they will would rather not sack him to sort of save themselves than sack him knowing that they made the wrong call and then they're almost do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, like, yeah. Well, they, they don't want. I can't. To, they, don't want to, they, don't, they don't want to fall on their own sword. Yeah. Do, they, unf- do they concede that they appointed the wrong person, or do they? Well, they have to because that's the right decision. The right decision is admitting you made the wrong one, mm. and that's where we sit in round eight. Let's get into the the players last night. Bolt. Uh, let's start with. Let's start with the midfield. We we don't usually start with the midfield, but. That's where it all starts. Yep. Um, there's one player who's going very well right now. I think he's our best player at the moment. He had another 33 last night. He kicked a goal. And you look at his year as a whole, he's averaging 27. He's kicked three goals for the year. He's getting involved. In a involved. row as well, three games in a row with a goal. Yep. Last night, he was fantastic. He went at 75% efficiency. Uh, seven marks, seven tackle. Sorry, seven clearances, seven inside fifties. Um, Adam Chera is playing very, very good football for us right now. Yep, clearly our best player. Sorry, it was seven tackles, yep. four marks. Clearly our best player in the night. Clearly our best player over the course of the season. Having a tremendous season. Um, I'm very happy for him because he's a brilliant player. I could see it coming from a mile away, and he is a star. 
when you look at the way that he's going about it and then you look at Patrick Cripps, who I think we both said at halftime was our clear best on, how do you how do you look at this midfield group and, you know, those two in particular and go, how are we not winning games? Yeah, well, Cripps has had a pretty dirty second half. It was a really dirty second half for Cripps. He, was good. he had a really good first quarter, but he was taken well out of the game. Um, yeah, it's tough. As in, you know, we got a pretty, we still got a pretty good midfield group, and the midfield's not really the issue at the moment. I don't think. I don't think the midfield's letting us down as a collective, whereas in the past they might have. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, Cripps was pretty quiet after halftime. Was a bit disappointing. Walsh. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Walsh was pretty fine to be honest. He was. He was still working hard. He was. You know, he played a bit more of an in-tight game. He had 19 contested possessions, which is a little bit more unusual for him. So he was getting on the inside. His kicking was a little bit wayward last night, to say the least. Made a couple of absolute like doozies. But, you know, in terms of a contested game, he showed another string to... Added another string to his bow. Nine clearances, 19 contested possessions. Almost took the reins, you know, from Cripps, who had a bit of a down night in that department. So Walsh stepped up in that regard. Uh George? Yeah, same, same from George. Um, mm. You know, his clearance numbers are definitely down at the moment. He only had two for the night. He's just not probably having the same impact as he was this time last year, is he? No, well, he's not playing at the same level. No. Um, the Ruckman? Well, I, th- I thought he got beaten on an overall basis by Oscar McInerney. Um, we were getting first use... In the ruck, though. I was going to say, we definitely won the hitouts to advantage numbers, which are, which would be his favourite numbers to look at right now. Yep. No, no, no. So, he did well in that regard. He was a little bit sloppy. He gave away three free kicks. McInerney actually received five ruck free kicks last night. So, you know, I, I always think that's a really bad sign of losing control in the ruck department. You know, Pittenet, we've always said... Good tap Ruckman, pretty useless around the ground, but at the, at the end of the day, we need a solid Ruck, and that's our solid Ruck right now. The Wings, Acres, Hollands? Well, we'll speak about Acres. Acres... Acres' first half was marred by some strange behaviour. Really strange kicking. There were tw- well, at least twice in a row towards the end of the second quarter where we were streaming forward. Acres had it forward of centre. Just complete and utter turnovers. Like, like clangers. Like, absurd. And, he, and he's prone to do that. But I think he led the team in metres gained. As in, he's, he's, he's doing his business. As in, you know, he's providing... I think he's been great. He has been. He's having a great season. He had but, a couple complete doozies oh, last night. He but, he, but I don't... There's been so much criticism on him from non-Carlton supporters I don't really understand it I think he's been he's having a really good year he, he's having a great season um, it's just you know there was a period in that game where he was just turning it over at will well his errors are very very noticeable well, they are because they, they're, they're they're a lot more noticeable than some other players errors of course but you know those errors are stopping goal scoring opportunities mm. and at the end of the day we need our goal scoring opportunities are what's going to win your games and if he's going to prevent that from happening through his errant foot skills, then that's a big issue. Hollands? Yeah, it didn't rate his game. He got a lot of it late. Like, late, late. Um, but I didn't really like his game. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, 
looking at the stats here, um, obviously Akers had his 29. He's having a lot of the ball lately. And Holland's had 21 and a goal. Um, the other midfielders, Doc, we'll throw him in there because he played in the middle. 29 and a goal. Yeah. No, he was pretty solid for most of the night. He, well, they sent him behind the ball in the last quarter and he got a lot of it late as well, like Holland's. Um, let's throw... Those are all about... Oh, Ken, well, Kennedy obviously well, came Well, Kennedy on. came on late in the third quarter and played right in the middle and was pretty good. Kicked a beautiful goal in the last quarter. 13 and a goal from a quarter and five to ten minutes. Yeah, no, he had a good last term. Um, um, so, yeah, well, that's a statement that he's made and hopefully he'll be back in the 22 next week. Yeah. I, I, I don't see a way he can't not be. Well, we speak about... We speak about selection integrity. We speak about the match committee. We speak about the coaching. Because ultimately, who plays comes down to the coach and who he wants out there. And I am... I just... I I can't fathom and understand how he's not playing right now. But when 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 I think of the term selection integrity, for me, that strikes... You've got... A system and how you want to play and you, you you know you hypothetically want to take you know these types of players and you're going to stick to that formula no matter who's available no matter who's not and so Matt Kennedy isn't playing because they don't think he's in the best 22 players at Carlton he's just not playing because they think Ed Kerno might be doing a better job or whatever it is do you get what I mean it's like yeah but but he's ima- not but imagine how brain dead you'd have to be to think that Ed Kerno is doing a better job well yeah I'm not disagreeing with that but that's how I see selection integrity you know sticking to a formula of the type of players you want rather than just rewarding good form from downstairs in the twos mate I would love for someone who is sitting in a press conference or sitting in one of wherever you can interview Michael Voss whether it be on a Friday or Icon Park or in a post-match press conference to simply ask, why is Matt Kennedy not playing? Is What what is Ed Kerno bringing to this side that is keeping Matt Kennedy out of the side? What is he bringing that Matt Kennedy can't bring? And at the end of the day, how do you come to that decision? Yeah, it's strange. I, I, need, I need to know. That question needs to be asked because I can't see it. It's strange. Oh, uh, he'll I, be there next week. But we said that last week. He'll have to be there next week. No, but but I don't think he I didn't will think now. he'd play this week uh, on the back of last. I thought Kerno was half decent. Well, who's gonna who's he gonna go out for? Well, it'd have to be Ed Kerno. But he's not gonna if 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 Ed didn't get dropped after the match against St Kilda, it's not gonna happen. Well, then we'll. <laughs> well, then well, well then, if someone's listening to this who can ask Michael Voss that question, I'd like it to be asked. Well, Michael Voss isn't gonna answer it. But if he are well, I'd, no, I'd, I'd be interested in what he says in response to it. What is Ed Kerno doing right now that is better than what Matt Kennedy would be doing? Why is he in the team and Matt Kennedy is not? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy stuff. Ed Kerno is such a hack. Can't put it any other way right now. I think those are the mids. Yep. Back line. Weeders. Shocking. Shocking. I think that was probably 
When did he get dropped? What year was that? 2018. So was that his worst game since 2018? Potentially. He's not having a great season. Um, having a down season. He he's he was always a beautiful user of the ball. His foot skills coming out on Friday night were exhausting to watch as well. He, he was terrible. Lewis Young was subbed off. Yeah, wasn't playing very well either. I thought it was a weird sub. Not the sub just, I would have made. Or just a tactical sub. They'll just try to get a bit of speed into the game. It's what... But Lewis Young, it was. I thought that third quarter he started marking the ball. Yeah, the ball was getting was coming in at a million miles an hour, and he was the defender who started intercepting and marking, and then they subbed him off. Well, then they should have taken the man. The man we'll speak about right now off, Brody Kemp. So why didn't they? Well, they, they should. Have, or they probably should have. Brody Kemp had a howler. I I don't think he had a howler. He was shocking. Elaborate. Brody Kemp, you won't... uh, Mark it, bookmark this. You won't see... You will not see a worse piece of play all season watching the Navy Blues than what I saw, than what we all saw in the second quarter on Friday night at Marvel Stadium where Brody Kemp... Receive the ball deep in the... Mark the ball. Deep in the back pocket. The right back pocket. And he drew the man in. He drew the man in and handballed it to Mitch McGovern in close proximity. And rather than applying the most simple of shepherds to give McGovern an extra 20 metres of space, which is what I was assuming he was doing, given he drew the man in to handball to McGovern, he ran off. He ran off. And let Mitch McGovern be tackled, turnover, goal. The most schoolboy error I've seen this season, slashed in a very long time. It was frightening how little understanding of the game that guy had in that moment. And the game was pretty even at that point on the scoreboard. To draw a man in, dish off a handball in close proximity and run off with no regard for your teammate... No regard for what you're actually trying to do is just a guy that had absolutely no bloody idea. And he made, it was, I can't, I can't see past that error because that's, that for me is just, you've got no idea. You have no idea, man. And, you know, he made some, he, he made some shocking errors coming out as well as they all did coming out. He, but he, you know, he was, he was part of that, but. God, he, he, I, I, I actually can't... I, I couldn't look at him again properly. He should have taken himself off after that error. It was that bad. But, God. Uh, he'll play next week. But... Look, I don't think he... I, I don't think There's going to be heat when March Bank's available, but... Yeah. I don't think he was great, but I don't think he had a howler. I thought he had a howler. I think he'll play next week, but I thought I he had a the, stinker. I think the defense was awful. It was. Um, McGovern. Um, I thought he was the best of a bad bunch down back. Mm. Sad. McGovern kind of played a bit more of a free role this week rather than Kemp last week. Mm. And it showed. Um, well, Saad, we've touched on Saad earlier. He had a pretty dirty night for his standards with ball in hand, but... I think there's a lack of synergy with the way he wants to play his footy and the way the team wants to play his footy, but he was really frustrating on Friday night. Chinkotta. 
He's going okay, Chinkona. Can't say too much negative about him. But yeah, no, Chinkota, I think he's adapted quite well. Um, do you see him staying in this 22 long term? I'm not sure because every week's a different week, but for the foreseeable future, I do. Do you rate him ahead of the other options that we have in terms of Boyd and... Well, Boyd. <laughs> do we have any other options? Well, Marchbank's going to come in eventually. Yeah, but he's probably the Kemp replacement. Yeah, well, I, I, I think Chinkotta's almost the Doherty replacement down back. Would you rather play Doherty down back and Kennedy in the midfield or Chinkotta down back and Doherty in the midfield? What do you reckon? So, they're not going to make that change, though. No. Um, Newman. Yeah, our boy had a terrific season. Had a terrible night. Had a shocker. It happened early. So he had the Charlie Cameron matchup, which Saad usually gets when we play them. But I, I think it was, I, I, I like that, you know, give faith in the guy that's had a really good season down back. So I didn't have an issue with that, but it was <clears> very <throat> obvious very early that he was going to be a little bit out of his depth on Charlie Cameron. You know, and I get it. It's the biggest test you're going to have. It's the best small forward in the game, but he struggled. He struggled. He was terrible. He was terrible. Just got lost when the ball was in the air. Didn't know when to stay down. Didn't know when to go up. Charlie Cameron ran rings around him. Dark night for Nick Newman, but got a bit of credibility for what he's done in the first seven weeks. We'll move to the forward line. Would have loved to have seen Charlie Kerno get more involved in this game. I thought he was really let down last night by his teammates. Because he was raring to go. For sure. Well, we, we, we just struggle to get the ball in any appropriate manner down there. And at the end of the... Right now, he looks like the only... The only suitable... He looks like the only likely option up forward at the moment, Kerno. So, there's so much onus being put onto him. But, yeah, he struggled. Payne played really well on him. Got him a bit more under the ball than what they when, than what opposition defenders usually do. And, yeah, Kerno struggled to hit the scoreboard. It was a pretty low return for Kerno. So... Tough, tough night for him. There was just little opportunity, wasn't there, in the middle two quarters? Yeah, well, there was no opportunity. How concerning is our inability to exit the defensive half? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. H? Yeah, wasn't a great night for Herschel. He's frustrating at the moment. I, yeah... We know he's a very good player, but he's not having a very good season. He spent a bit of time off with the blood rule and whatnot. He was a bit groggy, but yeah, he struggled to get involved. Motlop and Durden kick two each. Um, Well, the small forwards... Is it, Motlop and Durden, they kicked a goal each in the last quarter when the game was done. They are struggling. As in, they just... You know, not getting involved. Motlop probably got a little... You know, Motlop probably had a pretty good defensive... I thought he brought the heat a little bit, Motlop. But we, we uh, you know, we need more. Because if they're not providing... If they're not going to look likely in terms of being a threat to goal... And they kick two. So, it's hard to say it. But, like, when the game is there to be one, they were nowhere to be seen. You know, Motlop, Durden and Honey, five-week Honey... 
had seven disposals between them, as you said, at halftime. And it's it's just not enough. I, I did think Motlop brought the heat for most of the night. And, and as did Durden to an extent, but it's just, it's not enough. It's not enough on the, as, as a whole. So you, know, you, you look at the bit, you got to compare yourself to the benchmark and you look at the way, you know, Brad Close and Grian Myers and even Gary Rowan, you know, they bring, you know, they go both ways at a pretty consistent nature. And it's just, we're not getting near that. And like, you know, and I know they're at different stages of their careers, etc. But, you know, we're in the market to win right now and it's not going to help us win. Well, the Twin Towers, Kerno and H and then Durden... Motlop Honey, the five of them had 37 touches between them. Yeah, well, it's not nearly enough. They were the bottom five, almost, disposal getters on the ground. Yep, shocking. Um, Honey. Five weeks of this rubbish we've had to put up with, and he keeps playing. Always he's going to play in the VFL this weekend, and I would expect that to be the easiest of changes they'll ever make. Uh, I think that's everyone. Jack Silvani. Oh, sauce. I thought he started the game very, very well. Had a very good first quarter. Yep. Didn't He had a very good that. first quarter. He, you know, he provided a really good contest. He did a lot of the intangibles right, Silvani. Um, probably went out of the game a little bit thereafter. It was a tough night. Didn't hit the scoreboard, which is never a good thing. But, yeah, tough. Um, That's the player's bolt. In terms of the VFL, they're actually playing as we sit here and record. It's quarter time uh, in the VFL. So, we've got it up in front of us. It's been all right. We'll uh, we'll have to touch on that next week. Um, should we get to, well, votes for last night? Who do you give votes out to? I think what, from a five or a three. Yeah, go with three. Well, Cherid clearly gets the three for me. Yep. And I would say Doherty Walsh, 2-1. Walsh? Yep. Yeah, I don't know who to give votes to, to be totally honest with you. Chair obviously gets a three. Um, yeah, I actually don't know. I'm not giving votes to... I'll give Doherty two. I'm not giving votes to Walsh. Um, I'll go I'll go McGovern fair enough um, Twitter questions let's get straight into it we had a lot of them come through uh, which is fantastic and we have a lot to talk about here Bolt uh, this was I think the most Twitter questions we've ever got yep we're going to try and dissect them as best we can the first one coming through from Jimmy the great man, Jimmy Faz. Once Doc was moved back behind the ball, we didn't look like scoring. There was no confidence. We kicked five in the first quarter with him forward of center, but they moved him back because we were bleeding. Is the best option going forward having Doc and Walsh on the half forward line? Yeah, I think it is. As was evidence last week as well, that rotation being forward of the ball, and which was the go last year as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, SC Gav says we had 57 more disposals than Brisbane so we can find the ball but we're just wasting it time and time again so many of our better players looked slow and lazy tonight the clock is ticking for this group the clock is definitely ticking we're on this we're on the clock and I, I just think disposal numbers right now the discrepancies working in our favor in that category just they're so meaningless because 
as we said against St Kilda, they don't care if we've got the ball. They know what the outcome's going to be because it's that predictable. It's that easy to, you know, play against. You know, it's an interesting discussion, the clock being ticking against us. All I'll say, and I think I've said it a few times on this show, all I'm going to say is, if we haven't got the right man in the coach's box, which I don't know if we do or if we don't, um, all I'll say is, though, that if we don't, they better make the decision before it's too late because you can't waste this list. This list is too good to go to waste. Two Coleman medalists, you know, the midfield group we've got, the All-Australians down back. If, they, if you know, we are, the clock is ticking. And, it uh, is. Well, the clock's always ticking, but now we're getting not, to red time. If it's not the right man leading us, then they better make that decision pretty quickly uh paul walsh the great man says the match committee crucified kennedy for two weeks then relegated him to sub he's not a backman but surely he could play half forward rotating on the ball and give more than honey or ed kerno had uh sorry give more than honey or ed kerno kennedy had as many possessions in a quarter of football as honey had did over as honey did over two weeks yeah 100 percent. yeah can't disagree with that well, that is Josh, Josh Honey. That playing, is factually Josh correct. Honey playing for five weeks in a row is the most complete and utter sack of bullshit I've ever seen. I actually sent it to a few work people last night. I wrapped up my night early last night. Watched a movie. <laughs> What'd you watch? It's not a movie. Watched that Netflix show of the guy that uh, Ken Golden. He like trades collectibles in America. It's elite. I forgot what it's called. It's called like the golden collector or something. But I was going through Josh. Josh Honey over the last five weeks has averaged eight disposals, two tackles and 0.4 goals a game. Um, yeah. Peter Carrick says, hard to know where to start. Instead of last week kicking, kickstarting our season, it just papered over the cracks. Woeful disposal, actually out toughed around the ball, and certainly out coached. Don't get me started on Kennedy being the sub. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be the theme. I think we're all in agreement with that. Anne Marie says, Why are we afraid to kick down the centre? Why can't we spread out and lead? They should watch our 1995 games. Why are we kicking to the wing? Why the 360 from 2022 to 2023? Well, because I, I don't think it's an. I don't think it's because we don't want to. I just think it's because we're. S- we're playing against teams that are set up that aren't allowing us to do that. And that's why we're so easy to play against. Because what we want to do, we just simply can't do. We got a DM from Patrick Amenta. Just a quick one to discuss on the pod, lads. Hewitt looks off and Ed will need a rest. Kennedy goes in for a full game in the middle. Why don't we try and change things up? Run Durden or Motlop through for some CBAs. Durden has some great closing speed and decent pressure. Need to try something else, Vossi. I think we're picking and choosing when to give effort first and last when the game was done. Chera can hold his head high and Chincotta needs to stay in. We can't call for the sack Voss calls this early. What has that achieved for us in the past? Um, well, and, and that's why it's such a tough conversation to have because it's obviously achieved nothing because it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's more so you can... I, just because, you know, they're our coach doesn't mean it's the right coach. Do you get what I mean? It's just... It just so happens we keep making the wrong decision. 
you know, Melbourne went through a period like this as well, where it happens. It's just, it is probably early to say you don't want Michael Voss at the helm. But I say this out of a love for Carlton that you've just got to get it right quick. We you, can't be hanging you- around. We know we're not. We're not, you know, fighting for six, seven, eight wins anymore in a season where you can, you know, where you can kind of let them build with the group. We actually need to win with this group, not build with the group. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the tough call that St Kilda made last year, getting rid of Ross, uh, getting rid of Brett Radden and bringing in Ross Lyon. Do you see any similarities? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Do you think they'll make that ruthless call? It's tough to... I hope they do. Oh, I hope they make a ruthless call that's in the best interest of our club, which the trajectory it's going down will be making that call. Uh, Michael Penny says, I firmly agree that our issue is our bottom six players. The best teams have had a good bottom six that know their role in that system. Our top end is elite. Our middle ones are good, but we go off a cliff with our bottom six players and we get very exposed when we lose a couple of the elite or good players. It goes to your comments on Ed, Zach Fisher, Plowman, etc. It does. And it, you know what's the, the most distressing thing right now is that our game, our group relies on nothing more than squirts of individual brilliance. Mm. If we don't get, you know, superb games from a few of our top end individuals, then we're going to struggle. Yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no system and structure to that to winning games like that Michael Cerevolo says how many of our next five do we win I'm really lost for words genuinely think even if you put Clarko as our coach we would still be no good it's interesting I'm not sure about that but I'm not sure well, it's hard to know because it's such a hypothetical but in terms of the next five well I struggle to make us. I struggle to make a substantial argument in the next four, certainly. And then I think we can beat the Bulldogs. And I think the Swans in Sydney, very tough, but they're not playing too well at the moment. Collingwood and Melbourne look like impossible tasks at the moment. Cam Oxford says, are we simply not good enough to execute corridor footy against the good sides? Should we adopt Collingwood's style of numbers at every contest? Surely we are good enough to do that. Or perhaps we're not fit enough or don't trust each other enough. I don't know, but please help. It's probably... Well, it's tough. I think we're all feeling a bit helpless at the moment. I, I, f- I feel like it's a few of those... You know, all those points above to an extent. But I think it comes back to we want to play the middle. We want to go down there. We just simply can't because it's too easy to play against. It's too easy for oppositions to curtail. And we just physically can't do it because we're not being allowed to. We're being dictated by the opposition here. I've always said, I've said it the whole of last year, as soon as the game goes slow, we're not going to win the game. And now it's just like, everyone knows it. Mm. Mm. It's tough. I don't think it's- A lot of questions. Yeah, sorry, go on. I don't think it's a matter of that we don't want to go through the corridor. I just think it's a matter of we can't. And that's where I've got an issue upstairs. Well, there's a lot of questions coming through saying, if Michael Voss isn't the right coach, then who is? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I hate when I, I don't like when people say, you know, because all these really good coaches are assist, untried assistant coaches at some point in their careers. There's going the next best thing is always waiting to be appointed. You look at Craig McRae, for instance, 
You know, you look at Damien Hardwick was a long-time assistant coach. So was Adam Simpson. You know, so are all these guys. Just, you know, we don't know who the next coach is. That's why we've got to go and find the right coach and make that right decision. We just can't make that right decision at the moment. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions here about the coach. Well, um, he's coming under fire and it's going to happen. It's a restless fan base, which got absolutely shafted at the end of last year and we're not looking much better this year. Jay Norm says, if the club has to move Voss on at the end of the year, who is possibly left to coach us? Do you think Hardwick is gettable from Richmond? Retiring champions, maybe he's ready to move on. Uh, Echo Warrior says, can you make a convincing argument why Michael Voss is going to deliver us a premiership? Personally, I cannot come close to any other conclusion that he is an utter failure considering the list we have and the results that we've seen since the bye last year. Uh, AJ Black says, when is Voss going to be punted? Everyone in the footy world knows that it is not a good system. He's had 16 games and a whole preseason to work it out. It's getting worse. Uh, it's either stubbornness or he's a complete moron. Um, yeah. I think everyone's feeling the same with um, the coach right now. Or the majority, at least. Lock Egg says, can we F off anyone who can't kick? Boyd, Cottrell, Owies, Kennedy, get them all in. Weedering isn't a long way ahead of Young and Kemp at the minute. He's not. Um, Brad Nichol says, can we also discuss why we don't rush the ball through a point when under pressure? Oh, that was that one moment we bloody sad in the second quarter. Jesus Christ, man. When the It was literally like on the paint and they didn't rush it. And we forced our own turnover. Uh, this is an interesting one. Go on. Ivan says, "Where is why is Brian Cook a gun at Geelong? And he's come to Carlton for his retirement package like they all do. Yeah, well. I think it's a bit stiff. Yeah. It's <laughs> In hard, fact, it's very stiff. It's hard for us. It's hard <laughs> for us. This isn't exactly Brian Cook's no, fault. No, it's hard for us to measure. But, yeah. Um, Adrian Sal says, why can't we hit targets anymore? BL says, how many performances like that does Voss get, get before he's removed? Where is Brad Lloyd in all of this? It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, well, Brad Lloyd's gone very quiet, hasn't he? Don't hear anything from him, our general manager of footy. Pat Green says we have a development problem. Players don't improve and get better at Carlton. Why aren't our locally selected picks coming on? Why? Uh, It's just all these questions I think everyone needs answers to because this is a culmination of now 20 years of complete and utter frustration where we thought we had the chips to work with and the chips still aren't working. It's just, I don't know. Pat Green sent us a great DM. Really good DM. Um, You guys have been mentioning different issues over the last couple of weeks and a persistent thought emerges for me. Yes, there are issues around coaching tactics, and yes, there are issues around fitness and conditioning, but the most persistent element over more than a decade is our player development. Cripps, Walsh, and Wiedering would be stars anywhere on any era, but if the Twin Towers, Fishart, Silvani, Kemp Cowan, and the other homegrown recruits were at, say, Geelong, Richmond, or Sydney, or Collingwood, do you think there'd be far improved players from where we got them? We don't develop and we don't improve players like other clubs do. Have a look at the stats from the Saints game. Most of our good players were imports. Chera, Akers, Hewitt, Newman, Saad, Doc. Where are our development players? Anyone can pick and have a number one pick, but no one comes on with impressive improvement. There is no plan B. 
No forward entry craft. It's not rocket science. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's fair enough. As in, I just think... Because we're... I, I almost think we develop players to become good players rather than to become good players within the system that we need to be a good player at Carlton. Matt Weathers says, if Kennedy isn't in the 22 next week, dot, 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 last week's win against West Coast means nothing now. Is the fat lady beginning to warm up? Yeah, maybe. Warm up the vocals. Well, we'll see. The next month's big. I still, yeah. Next week's definitely winnable against Footscray, but we'll see. Alchemy Blue says, I question Voss's decision-making. Kennedy should be playing at half-forward instead of Honey. I know Lewis Young made mistakes, but talked to him during the week. Subbing him off, let Hipwood get into and impact the game. Voss needs to demonstrate more maturity as a coach. Well, no no doubt, no doubt. Um, Mitch says, not a question, but I can't believe I travel a six-hour round trip just about every week to watch that shit. I feel for you. Definitely feel for you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of questions and comments about Voss. Um, this is a good question. Foxwood says, if we are voting, does Kennedy actually get the one? Chera three and Doc two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be crazy. Well, I was thinking about it, and I thought, nah, that's ridiculous. I'll go for Govan, but it's not the worst call. <laughs> he almost does. <laughs> um, Lawrence says, our foot skills tonight under pressure, or even perceived pressure, were horrendous. Why is it that we have three to four handballs, all in congestion within one to two meters, when the better teams seem to find a way outside, sorry, seem to find the outside free player, and then they are away? Is it the setup and the game plan? Mm. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of issues coming from upstairs. There's a lot of issues. It's just it's one big issue. The last night was just a joke. It really, I can't. David, I'm struggling to put into words at the moment. David B says, in my opinion, Chera seems to be the only player that has taken his game to the next level. Yep, being great the last month and probably had his best game tonight. Everyone else has either stayed the same or lowered their colours. Is it game plan or players? Um, Carla says two Coleman medalists a Brownlow medalist all Australian players all over the park and somehow we're a bottom team um, yeah there's yeah it's the same theme isn't it it's tough it's tough to listen to it's tough to talk about Christian Shapkoon says I tweeted about this a few weeks ago but how many players have actually improved from last year I have Chera and Newman Although yep. Newey was poor tonight. Yeah. I did have McGovern, but not certain of that now either. That's three at a stretch. Well, that's a great... That's Who else would you say has improved on last year? Well, obviously, Akers coming in is a big... Yeah, but, but that's not wasn't an improvement. there last year. I'd probably say Kerno's gone to another level this year. Yep. Not that he necessarily needed to. That's four. At best. Yep. It's a, good, it's a good point. It's tough to pinpoint anyone else. Don't know if I can. Mm. I'm Don't trying to think. think I can. No. Um, it's a good point. No, I'm in agreement with Christian. Um, Seb Roper says, I feel like we are so similar to where Melbourne were at about three or four years ago. We have no issues getting our hands on the ball, but our ball use and execution, particularly entering the forward 50, makes them look really ordinary. 
Further, it doesn't matter what your game plan is. Poor ball use kills any game plan. There's no doubt about that. But I I also think the ball use... Or maybe it's more the decision-making being brought about through, you know, just a lack of synergy and a lack of option, really. But, you know, you can't excuse... I I will never excuse poor ball use because it's the one thing that, you know, if you can't kick, you can't play. I've always said it. John Papadopoulos says, is there any chance that we try something different from a defensive kick-in? Whether at the G or Marvel, we always go to the broadcast side of the ground. At this stage, I'd even take the old Robert Walls huddle strategy once in a while just to surprise the opposition for once. Um, yep. Mark DT says, is our midfield mix a major issue? We aren't dominating clearance. We struggle offensively and defensively because we lack speed and somehow need to fit Kennedy in, who is probably the best of our plotting mids. Um, yeah. Phil Crawford says, This group is just clearly not taking us to finals. Hard calls need to be made. Trade-in picks or get players to fill the holes that we have on our list. Desperate for good ball users and a third tall forward slash ruck option. Classic, classy, experienced small forwards. Would you be willing? Who would you be willing to throw up for a trade? Well, I don't think... I'm open to hear anything as we stand here right now. Well, Tom DeConning is the, the one that we might be able to derive a bit of value from, but he's still not in the team at the moment. So, you know, his value is probably dwindling by the minute. Um, it's tough. Uh, it's really tough what they do at the end of the season, but I, I, my head's not even in that space right now for end of year movement. Talbot Henry says, bit of deja vu to the Saints games. Saints game, sorry. We matched them most of the game except for a patch in the third quarter. Almost our best 22, so what can we do? Has to come from our mids. Feel we play too nice. Yep. That's all, Bolt. We're going to end it there. Yuck. Just a yucky, yucky night. Uh, Shocking week. We didn't do LFC last week. We got to do LFC this week. Okay. We do. Okay. We do. Um... Probably by the time people listen to this, the Saturday game's probably over. But we'd like Richmond... Uh, sorry, we'd like, obviously, West Coast to beat Richmond today. Yep. I think we'd like... Well, Geelong or Adelaide at GMHBA? Just Geelong. Keep the Crows behind us. Suns and Ds. Doesn't really concern me. Probably the, more the Ds. Giants and Dogs. Definitely the Giants. Dockers, Hawks. Hawks. Power, Dons. So this is a tough one. Who would we prefer to win? I actually think the power. The Bombers still need to play North and West Coast twice from here on. So, don't so they've had them, four wins. That'll bump them up to eight. Just don't let them pinch these games. I think the power. Collingwood, Sydney. Collingwood. And North, St. Kilda. North. Um, yeah, so we look ahead at next week yep. at LFC. Yes. Because by the time people listen to this, a lot of people will listen to this once the round's finished. Yep. Um, Richmond, Geelong, obviously we're going, we'd like Geelong to win that. Yep. Um, trying to look for a game next week. Well, there's a few, there's a few interesting ones next week. Well, our would, game's would we, huge. Would we our prefer Adelaide or St Kilda to win? Whew. Tough. Think the Saints and Swans and Dockers would obviously prefer the Dockers. But uh, yeah, we got the Dogs next week. What are your genuine predictions? Like, how do you feel that will unfold? 
It's hard to know after what we watched last night, but I think it's a. I, I, I obviously think it's a very winnable game. It, a lot of it depends on us, to be honest. Mm. Depends how we turn up. It's hard off the back of the last five weeks. It's hard to suggest to give a valid reason why I think we are going to win, but. We've usually got a pretty good record against the Bulldogs. Our tools usually get on top of theirs and it will be good to reacquaint with Liam Jones again. Um, can't wait for that. If you're sitting near Bay 41 next week, you'll hear all about it and how <laughs> selfish I thought his departure from our game was. But, um, you know, as good as Liam Jones is at reading a ball in the air, he was always a bit leaky and he'll have to take Herschel next week. And we'll have old boy Gardner on Kerno. So I'm hoping the Towels have a good record against the Bulldogs, mm. like they do against North Melbourne. So we'll see how we go. I think it's look, it's that's going to be a game where we've got to hunt in the middle. They got a good midfield group. You never the dogs are very bipolar as well, so you never know with them. It's going to be a tough game. It's a big Saturday. That is a huge Saturday night game for us. That is as big as an LFC, big as a Carlton game is going to get. It's a complete eight point game. Oh yeah, it's a big game. Um, look, Bolt, right now it's looking pretty grim, but a week is a long time in football. We must win next week. That is of the utmost importance. Yep. And I think that, uh, we covered everything. You happy where this sits? Yeah, I am. All right. I don't want to talk about Carlson for another week. It's annoying when we play on a Friday night and lose, isn't it? I know. Now we've got to watch another eight games. Thank you, Bolt. No, thank you. And, uh... We'll see you next week, hopefully after a win. <sighs> Fingers crossed. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old Dark Moon.